0: Welcome back to Mouth and Off Sports. It is December 10th, 2019. I am joined in to my right by Zachary Lacey. How are you doing, my friend? Wonderful. Glad to be back. In oh. oh, how are you doing, my friend? <laughs>
1: Wonderful. Glad to have my mic on and glad to be back
0: Here in the studio after yeah. a week off. Yeah, seriously, uh, that snowstorm really uh, really did us in. I was expecting more on that uh, Sunday night rather than that Tuesday getting demolished. I mean, that was tough. And I specifically wanted the Tuesday slots so that we could try to avoid <laughs> the usual Sunday into Monday storms that we've all come accustomed to here in Massachusetts. But anyways, let's get into it. We got a lot, especially after missing a week. And, of course, the sports world does not stop for snow or anything. And we had got a week 14 slate. We got another Patriots loss in the books. And it's tough. It's tough. They, uh, they drop – that game to the Chiefs, uh, 23-16, and it was tough. They were down 20-7 to for a while. The offense was struggling um, at times. Again, they couldn't run the ball again. And it really, I think that game sort of, again, encap- encapsulates sort of what this offense has been throughout the whole season, and that's been inconsistent. They can't go for long drives. Uh, they can't sustain long drives. They're ineffective in the red zone. A lot of red flags just right off the bat, and you have the greatest quarterback of all time at the helm still there, and they're not able to make it work. So it's still concerning. It's another week, another week of concerns, Zach, and you know, a lot of these questions that we've been asking about the offense, about how they can fix it, how they can fix the run game, they get a Isaiah Win back, and again, the offensive line doesn't just fix itself after one guy comes back. And we're starting to see that now. It's just, it's tough.
1: Right. I mean, you're still missing David Andrews and uh, James Devlin, who are huge parts of the run game. Right. It's got understated how much David Andrews has been a big factor in the run game. He's the guy that pulls all the time on the outside runs, and the outside runs have been dreadful this year. Um, But you're also seeing Josh McDaniels having to do quirky things to try to get points on the board. I mean, that first drive... They have a kind of a weird fleece like you're out of the, sh- out of the shotgun handoff and then pitch back. Yep. Um, but they come out hot seven nothing and then that's the first half seventeen pretty, unanswered. Yeah, nothing. But then I was glad to see the defense only three point three points in the second half. That was that was wonderful.
0: Yeah, I mean anytime you can hold a team like the Chiefs like, offense of their caliber, I mean if you can hold them to the low twenties the way they did, that's impressive. Like that. That I'm actually confident about. Like it, it instills confidence in the defense, at least for me. Because Mahomes, at least in the start, he looked bad. Yeah, he and looked bad in, in in the first quarter, at least. The only real breakdown they had and in the, in was the
1: four it was like a 48 yard touchdown to Mikael Hardman. Yep, Mahomes just does did Mahomes things. Like he backed up, threw off his back foot, and threw a dime right to his guy, and then
0: they they got. Like feels like six guys that run like a four-two and just run around everybody. Seriously, seriously, they're crazy fast on offense, and their run defense is uh, just like yours. The Patriots among the worst in the league. Uh, They're, I believe, they're thirty-first in the past or thirty-second, or it's vice versa. Regardless, they're bad, and they still cannot run on them, which is concerning. I don't know. Uh, You know, they kind of gave Sony Michelle. Uh, the cold shoulder after he couldn't get things going. You saw more James White, more Rex Burkhead, which I'm am a fan of. You know, obviously, if Damian Harris were healthy, if you could get him in, great. If you know, if not, lean on guys that have proven to you that they run the ball with purpose, uh, especially Rex Burkhead. If there's even, he's great at finding openings, but he's also I feel like he just runs hard. He's a hard runner, so he's able to get those openings. He's maybe able to you know break open. Uh, some openings where they may not be for a guy like Sony Michelle, who's more of a passive runner. And again, James White, uh, like you've said in weeks past, Zach, uh, you involve him more consistently in the offense, and you're able to make your offense or at least your play calling less predictable. And I think the play calling comes into question here too. Again, like you said, the whole flea flicker, uh, you know, nonsense. I mean, not nonsense, but it's like they they've only been able to score. It, it feels like on trickery. And, short fields. and that's not winning football, at least Super Bowl-winning football, in my mind, and probably in their mind, too, but that's all they can really muster up at times, is these trickery plays, whether it's a flea flicker or whether Edelman's throwing for a touchdown like he did a few weeks ago. I mean, James White threw a pass. James White threw a pass. Might be your second-best quarterback. <laughs> might, I don't know, he could be sneaking to Tom. And uh, we got a caller, so uh, we'll take that. And... We will beam them up, and I believe it's Ryan. Hello. Ryan, how you doing, my friend? I'm
2: doing well. How you guys doing?
0: We're Honestly. doing, yeah. We're, we're we're doing well. Sir, speaker? Was I on speaker, uh, sir? Sir? Yeah, yeah, I, I heard myself. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Nah. Disre re, dis re to pecked Fendi. But anyways, we're talking about the Patriots, uh... You know, talking about that Chiefs game specifically, I was just on the point about how uh, Sony Michelle couldn't get things going. He gets the cold shoulder. Then they roll more Rex Burkhead, more James White, and I think you know, to Zach's credit, weeks past, he had said, you know, you involve James White more often, you're able to be less predictable, at least with the play calling, and I think that's important because Sony Michelle just isn't doing it for you. I mean, it's we're on to week 15. And how, how long are you just going to bang your head against the wall with him rather than try something new, try giving more snaps to guys like White or Burkhead and give a less predictable look. When you have White lined up back there um, by himself, you don't really know if it's going to be play action, run, or a pass because uh, he can be involved in any of those spots. So I think that's something that they might just look to do more going forward and be like, hey, Sony, like look, it's the playoffs now like we got we got to go and you're not going. So I don't know if that's sort of just like the flip side of what they did last year and they try to do that. I don't know. But yeah, it hasn't been good, been good Ryan. They can only score on short fields and trickery. So yeah.
2: Yeah, it's and not great. The Chiefs uh, but that's probably training. why you're seeing more Rex Burkhead cuz he at least is capable as a pass catcher. He can run between the tackles as well. Uh but that's why you're seeing we should see less of Sony and more of Rex Burkhead going forward, uh, and hopefully, like Zach, I assume, alluded to more more James White because that keeps yeah. things uh, keeps things open and keeps the, the defense guessing. But and we need all the help we can get in terms of keeping defenses guessing because we, we can't even put up points against mediocre defenses. So it, it's tough tough sledding for the Patriots offense right now.
1: Yeah, just from the eye test, it's. I mean, James White just looks more explosive. He looks just better running the ball, like picking holes and just going for it. And my, I know that's what Rex Burkhead does too, eh, but he, I don't know, he's not. I don't feel like he's as explosive as uh, James White.
0: Yeah, I totally feel that as well. And Ryan, we were, we talked defense a little bit uh, before. Does that game does that game inspire confidence for you for the defense? To, uh, in some respects, uh, it 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 could, right? I mean, you held them okay, to so the low twenties. It, it
2: really it really depends on which half you watched. Uh, if if you focus on the first half, then you say, "Oh God, this, they they can't stop any good offenses." If you watch the second half, they're like, "Okay, maybe maybe this is this is the historic." all-time defense that everyone's hyped us up to be, uh, hyped the Pax defense up to be, and it, it, it was a tale of two haps for the defense. If you put it together, it, you just get a mixed mixed bag of results where they just couldn't put together 60 minutes of good football. I know it's tough to ask that out of when you're facing an offense like the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, but if you're such an all-time historic defense, then that's what you should be capable of doing and they were only able to do it for 30 minutes, and it just wasn't good enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, they the first half, I didn't think it was that bad. They messed up that, like we were talking about earlier, the, the long touchdown to Mecole Hardman. But that came on, like a, I think it was like a second and 20 or second 25, something, and Mahomes just... Yeah, it was. It was a long... It was Yeah, it was at least second and 25, I I think, was the yeah. time. Yeah, and he just fades back and throws one up. Uh, I mean... After Jonathan Jones got so hyped up about or by uh, pro football focus, yeah, 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 dude's kind of been struggling recently. I mean, other than that play, I didn't really think the defense was bad. Um, Brady couldn't move the ball, so they kept having to go back on the field. But yeah, I mean, that's what Belichick does: second half adjustments, uh, locker room stuff at the halftime, and shut him down
0: to three points in a a half football is pretty incredible. Yeah, and. It's just so rare, to what happened on Sunday. The Patriots lost uh, at home, and especially against the AFC, with Edelman and Brady both on the field against the AFC. They were something like 41-0 in their last uh, 40-plus. And they're just ridiculous at home. I mean, so it's it's rare to see, but Kansas City was bound to get one um, on the Pats. And I think the officiating, yes, it was terrible. The Patriots still overcame it, which is crazy to me. Because, yeah, the offense did not look good. It looked very inconsistent. The play calling was kind of suspect. And the running game was not there at all. But they still almost overcame, or at least pushed the game into overtime, after just these ridiculous, ridiculous um, calls. Especially the infamous Nikhil Harry on the three-yard line, plants his foot, He's able to extend, reach out for the pylon. Beautiful play. Beautiful play. And he's not going to get much credit for it now because it didn't end up counting because the officials, guy right there. Don't even know his name. You shouldn't even know his name. But he's right there, points. He's supposed to see that. He's supposed to see that there's still some grass there. Like, how do you call a guy out right there? And I know the Pats didn't have any challenges left to their dismay. But at the same time, like, almost, you know, these other sports like the NBA, whatever, they will review almost anything that's close. And it's like, why can't you just go to the booth for that?
1: I mean, you have automatic review on scoring plays and turnovers.
0: You if, just call if, that a touchdown.
1: If you really have a question about it, and he's, like, looking to his other judge to help him out, and the other guy I didn't see because he was blocked out, so just call it a touchdown. If it gets called back to the three-yard line, it gets called back. But that changes the entire game. I and mean, even before that, with the, with the Kelsey fumble, Yeah, yeah. They, They've been letting plays go all year, and then they just
0: call them back. And then this one, you want to blow it dead right there where it's clearly a fumble. There's, like, two things that the officials over the past, like, couple years or, you know, the head of um, officiating, Al Riveron, whatever, the only, like, two good things that they've been telling these refs to do for the past couple years is, A, just like you said, if it's close and you don't know, you're not sure, and, you know, he got in the end zone, called a touchdown, either way you're you're probably going to get the call right because you can just go back. And then, on the fumbles, just don't blow the whistle, do not blow your whistle, let, it, let the play run out, and then go back and see what happened. Uh, you know, every turnover, reviewable. So, like, it's just, it's, it doesn't make any sense. And their explanation about it, too, does not make any sense how they missed that call and how it was just able to go. Anyways, they, they still almost overcame it. They were... If the ball that Brady threw to uh, Edelman on the final play of that Patriots drive, that almost ended, oh my, that drive was amazing. And uh, the Brady rush on 4th and (laughs) 6th was was unreal. I don't think he's ever ran that fast in his life. But (laughs) the throw to Edelman uh, in the left side of the end zone, just maybe just a little bit further out. I mean, the guy just was able to put his his hand right over him and just deflect it. It was just way too easy. Yeah, I mean, the pass rush just got in
1: there, forced Brady to throw off his back foot, and he doesn't have the arm strength like Mahomes does to throw off the back foot and throw a bullet like that. So he lobbed up a little bit, and Edelman tried to basket catch it, and the guy made a good play. He did, I mean, yeah. The line is going to get beat, and we know that. <laughs> right. But he shouldn't have shouldn't have had to be in that position. should have been Nick Folk kicking a 29-yarder to
0: send you into overtime. Yeah, and his, his uh, field goal earlier on getting blocked did not help either. Nah, I mean, they just had a bull rush and just went right between Newhouse and um, Marcus Cannon, I think. Also on that punt, uh, I believe that set up for not the last drive, but it was when there was like seven-ish minutes left. It was the Patriots' second-to-last drive, I believe, and they didn't put anybody back to return the punt. They just had a bull rush trying to block another punt, which, you know, they've been great at. That special teams unit, that punt block unit has been fabulous. But in that spot... You know that you pro, you know, the, the odds are stacked against you in terms of getting that block off in the first place. So, you need somebody there in case of a, a great punt, which it was a pretty good punt. It got to like the, at least the 19, the 20, I think. And you surrendered way too many yards in that instance uh, for not having a guy back to return that. So, I just think that comes down to they don't believe in the offense.
1: And they're like, we yeah. need to block this and have a very short field. It was like, yeah, give,
0: give me that short field. It
1: yeah. was <laughs> like, I. If I lose ten, fifteen yards, so what? Yeah. I, we gotta block this
0: punt. Yeah, I guess that's fair. <coughs> I guess that's fair. So can I can I ask you guys a question? Please.
2: Yeah. Do you do you think, despite the officiating, like if it weren't for the officiating, should the Pats have won that game?
1: Uh, like if you mean they like got those calls right?
2: Sure. Yeah.
1: Um. I mean, then you go into overtime. You flip a coin.
0: Yeah, I think it's just. A- at that point it's a toss up i think if the officials made those calls right that game went pretty much how it should have it should have went to overtime and then i yeah. agree you know i don't
2: uh, I, I just yeah. i just don't want people to get it misconstrued like the officials absolutely screwed us in this game and it ended up costing us in a way but it didn't enti- like to say that the patriots should have won the game in my eyes is definitely uh, an overstatement it's a bit of a reach it, it is. just cost them the chance to play overtime and yep. it sucks because you don't know what would have happened in overtime. But to say that they should have won the game, I definitely feel is an overstatement. Oh, no,
1: you're absolutely right on that one. Uh, I mean, they still had four plays from inside the 10-yard line to get a touchdown and tie the game at the end. So it's not like they didn't have chances. It's just yep. that they had to go for it on fourth down instead of being able to kick a field
0: goal to tie the game. Yeah. It's just tough. That red zone um, inefficiency, it bit them in the very end. Yeah. It bit them. And it's going to bite them continuously if this if they just continue this trend uh, with the way the offense is going and that bills game looks a lot tougher now that they seem like they're a legit team in two weeks and yeah you got a you got a cream puff game this week against the Bengals, but that bills game is not going to be a layup uh, even though it is home it's not it's not going to be a layup. they've given the ravens a solid test they're right now they're a they wild played card the Raven team
2: better than us
0: yeah a lot better if, if if Josh Allen, you know, was able to hit on a lot of those passes that he was just way, way too oh, deep yeah. on. he had you know. a
2: really bad game.
0: But ultimately, yeah, I think this team, again, if this trend continues, they won't win a Super Bowl. I'm not out on them, though. I will say this. We, you know, last year, the, the Pittsburgh and Miami game, around the same time, you know, everybody, I'm pretty sure, had that same feeling of, like, they're not going to win it this year. They don't have enough. They just they can't get enough going on offense, Gronk isn't right, blah blah blah. And then this year it's a similar type of thing where the defense is better so you've been able to, you know, look more dominant than you really are in some of the earlier wins, but yeah, when you've gone up against the three front runners in the AFC, you're 0 3. So you can't you know, you can't say the Patriots are a front runner or they're the number one contender for you know, to win the Super Bowl, but I would say they're still in the mix. And if they can write the ship in the next three-plus weeks, who knows? Who knows? We could, find them se- we could find ourselves in the same position that we were in last year. So it's just a matter of them making the most of the end of the regular season, I guess. And, again, Bengals, Bills, you got to really try to right the ship against the Bengals because the Bills aren't going to be – I don't know. They're not going to – you're not going to walk all over them. You barely beat them the first time. And your defense was playing better back then. And now, I don't know. You know, it's not going to be
1: a way out. I'm interested to see what they do with the the running back snaps on against the Bengals because they should be ahead in that game. I really hope it's just a lot of uh, James White and Rex Burkhead just running all over the place because Sony just, he's, yeah, like you said, you're banging your head against the wall. He's had enough chances. And this game script last week was a lot of James White and Rex Burkett because they can catch the ball out of the backfield. And I'm just hoping that they can show us more of that next week and not just go back to Sony and just have them keep running for two yards of carry.
0: Right. And, again, it's it's week 15, and also we have uh, our fourth member is in studio, Jonathan. How are we doing? Good, sir.
3: Doing well. How are you boys doing?
0: We're living. Wonderful. Love to hear that. Ryan's <laughs> on the phone, too.
3: I know. I was I was listening on the way.
0: Reid 2 Um So, back. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Bengals, again, right the ship with the running game however you can. I don't care if you have to make James White your primary back. I don't care what it takes because at this stage, it really doesn't matter. First-round pick, all that out the door. I don't care. You know, Sony Michelle, great. You had a great year last year. You showed a lot of promise, but – it's, has not been going well, and we're in the late stages now of the regular season, so it's just too much, too much at this point. Something has to give. But I will say this, now that we're on the Bengals real quick before we move on, I think we do have to mention at least what came out yesterday, which was uh, the Bengals media day. Uh, Zach, Zach Taylor at the podium was asked by one of the reporters about uh, rumors that there was Patriots uh, staff or people associated with the Patriots organization in the press box during the Browns and Bengals game on Sunday and that they were videotaping and potentially videotaping signals. So that gets that gets asked, and Zach Taylor is like, yeah, I, I'm aware of it, and it's being looked into, whatever. And then obviously more digging goes into it, everything like that. And they were credentialed, apparently, but... They were also allegedly filming the sidelines and the actual signals during the first quarter. They were, their footage was confiscated, and they were reportedly even offered to delete the footage and pretend like it never happened. Patriots released a statement, and Belichick talked on the radio about it as well. Basically, they put it in the court of those, quote-unquote, <coughs> independent contractors that work for the Patriots' production uh, for Do Your Job, those uh, episodes that come out, the films that come out. So, apparently, they're independent contractors. That's what the Patriots are saying. And we have to at least bring this up because of their history. Why? Why? Why, why, why? I, I just don't know how you don't tell
1: the guy, like, the rules. Like, he said he didn't know. He was sitting in the front row of the press box just <laughs> filming their sideline when he's supposed to be Filming the, the scout, advanced scout and seeing what he does on a day-to-day basis. Not supposed to be looking at the field, like, at all. <laughs> and for the Bengals, oh. the Bengals guy took a video of this guy for eight minutes straight just sitting there looking at the sideline.
0: Like, it's unbelievable. It what are you doing? Unconscionable. Like, when I first saw it, and then in the first, like, half an hour, it basically got squashed. At first, everybody thought it was squashed completely because Schefter and Rappaport, you know, all those guys were saying, oh, well, you know, we're getting sources are telling us that they were, uh, <laughs> they were uh, credentialed and they, they're working for Kraft Productions and blah, blah, blah. They said a lot of the same stuff 10-plus years ago uh, when it originally happened the first time, and Patriots, you know, the NFL came down hard on them. They came down even harder during the flake eight. But this, I don't know what this ends up being. It could just end up washing out as just uh, these were independent contractors and the Patriots don't have, like, they, they won't get penalized in that sense. But with the NFL, with Goodell, I don't I don't really rule anything out here. And I'm just, I want to bang my head against that glass wall right now because I just hate that this even happened. It shouldn't even happen.
3: Um, I just want to say something. So um, this was three hours ago, but it was from Ann Rappaport. So... From the NF- from NFL, now the league feels inclined to believe the Patriots' intentions on videotaping the Bengals, <clears throat> but that doesn't necessarily mean there won't be a penalty. So, I don't think this is this is going to be a huge deal. I mean, it's going to be a huge deal in the media because it's the Patriots, some national searches, But yeah. like, as a, in terms of punishment, because if the league's going to believe what the Patriots are saying, to me that says like at worst it's a hefty fine.
1: Yeah, I agree. that. To listening to that, it just sounds like a fine, and hopefully not another first-round pick, like with Deflategate, because that would be terrible.
0: I would, I would just be worried if Bill had any involvement, because I just think from from Spygate in the past, I think that was kind of put on his lap, and this one would, you know, it could be a lot worse. If say if they found out he directed any of it, which I don't believe he did, but that would be terrible. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. And, again, this seems like a, just a really unfortunate, like, coincidence in some ways. The fact that they actually got caught doing it in a similar manner, except they were credentialed and the Bengals didn't know for whatever reason. It's just weird. It's just a whole weird thing. I don't know. Why do you need the Bengals' sidelines anyways? <clears throat> I mean, if you're actually going to do this to try to get a competitive advantage, there'd be... You you would not
1: go into their press box true, to do it and sit there with all the Bengals' personnel. <laughs>
0: just like, it he'd right send somebody, inside. like,
1: go into the game with a video camera and do yeah. it. Like, that, that just wouldn't make any sense. That's why I'm inclined to believe that this guy was just dumb. Rogue. And just didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> Rogue.
0: Definitely, Rogue. Rogue
2: yeah, definitely Rogue One. Definitely
3: Rogue uh, All I'm
2: going to say about this is if we don't hear, like, a... Like the league come out and say that the investigation has been concluded within the next couple of weeks and this drags on for several weeks or months, that the longer this drags out, the worse it probably will be for the pat.
1: I think I saw something today from Shefty that there's supposed to be a decision by Sunday. Let's hope.
2: If if that's the case, then I I would tend to agree with, with you guys with what you've said. The punishment shouldn't be too bad. But should should it that not be the case, and we don't hear about this, like, we don't get any answers for weeks or even months, uh, that 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 raises a giant red flag for me because that means they're looking into it big time and they're 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 really just trying to see what they can hammer the path on.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, I would definitely be worried because that whole bra everything with Brady and Deflategate that seemed like every single uh, shoot a drop in that case. Felt like an eternity to take. And, yeah, I think you're right, Ryan. I think, yeah, if this comes out Sunday, nothing more than hefty fine, maybe even not that hefty, but just like a, hey, like, this this can't happen. Like, you know, this just can't happen. There has to be some sort of punishment, not anything crazy. But, yeah, yeah, I just think right now, to close out on the Pats and the team, they're 10-3, and and... It's just tough to have that much confidence in them because they're 0-3 against AFC front runners, against good teams. The Bills are probably the best team they've beaten.
3: Oh, no,
0: by far. Like, yeah, yeah. And then besides that, they just really haven't been challenged uh, all that much besides those losses. So it's tough. <sighs> you really haven't had a middle ground with this team um, between their wins and their losses. So, I, again, I'm not out. I'm not out. But if they don't get better they're not going to win, at least on the offense. The defense, I think they'll – I have way more confidence. I think they'll be fine on D, but offensively, oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, if you can't do it against the Chiefs, who can you
1: really do it against?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. But especially for the teams that are going to be in the playoffs. They should be able to do it against the Bengals this week who are banged up beyond belief. Mm-hmm. But in the playoffs, are there going to be any w- defenses worse than the Chiefs? I mean
0: probably not. No. Probably not. Especially if you if they go against even like a Bills team in the playoffs, it's still going to it's not a tomato can. Cuz again, yeah, they're the Bills. Their offense isn't great, but they are not a tomato can. So, I don't think anybody that you're going to go up against in the postseason this year is a tomato can. They're not. <laughs> they're not. They're all pretty good, if not better than you. The
3: Steelers might be a tomato can if they get there. Steelers duck. have a good defense. Uh,
0: the duck, though.
3: I. Yeah.
0: Duck Hodges.
3: I don't think they're that good, though. No, their their offense is not
0: good. They may be a tomato can, but I don't think the pass will come across. No, they them. most
3: likely won't play them.
0: So, which is unfortunate, but again. If they're going to get to the Super Bowl this year, it's going to be a battle. They're going to have to fight and claw in the playoffs. they going to have to beat Ryan Tannehill. They're going to have to it's most true. likely
3: go on the road. The road to the AFC definitely looks like it's going through Baltimore right now. The Ravens got a game up and the tiebreaker on the Patriots, so it's really like a two-game advantage.
1: Yeah. and I mean, the only chance is if Lamar doesn't play on Thursday and the Sam Darnold shows up.
3: Why is that? Is he questionable? Yeah. Oh, didn't know Is out of practice yesterday, limited today? RG3. Yeah, RG three. <laughs> Cooking might have to throw him on my fancy looks <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, we saw Ty God throw a touchdown last weekend. Tyrod Taylor back.
3: I don't. I don't want to talk about that game.
1: <laughs> what Phillip Rivers throwing like three touchdowns? Chargers putting up forty five points.
3: Shout uh, out my guy Austin Eckler though in that game. Austin Eckler you know over two hundred right?
1: all purpose yards, right, Ryan? Oh yeah, we, we
3: love.
2: <laughs> Austin Eckler for 200 scrimmage
0: yards. Yo, how about the Texans, though? Drew Locke is a god.
3: This this is more of a reflection, I believe, of Bill O'Brien. Yes. I said it on Sunday. I said, This was the classic example of some team getting so hyped up that they beat the Patriots in the regular season that they forgot they were playing this week. It's almost like they spent all week reliving like, game film from the Patriots game until, like, Friday, and they were like, oh, oh, yeah, we're playing the Broncos. Maybe we should watch, like, you know, some film with them. But they're bad, so we'll just beat them no matter what because we just beat the Patriots.
0: And
1: then they're down 38-3. to
0: (laughs) And the Niners. The Niners are legit. And if you didn't think they were up until now, I don't know why you wouldn't. Where's the Jimmy G hate now,
3: Ryan and Jonathan? Where is it? It's... Where is it? No. They're still frauds. (laughs) Oh, my God. They are not frauds. They're still going to be playing in the wild card game. No, they're not. They're number one right now. They're going to lose to Seattle. Seattle owns the tiebreaker. They're not going to lose to Seattle. They're losing. They have to go to Seattle week 17. They're losing that game. That's fine. And they're going to the wild card.
0: I don't care. All I'm saying is Jimmy G is legit, and it's pretty much confirmed now. It is, like, I know he makes some
3: questionable. Jimmy G's not legit yet. Kyle Shanahan is legit. But I I see, agree I, with
0: both of you. I, yeah, I would say you're right too, but it's not like Jimmy G is just, you know, he's a complete product of that um, system. I mean, yeah, he worked well here. Was he a product of, of our system too? Maybe a little bit, but I think you have to separate the two just a little bit because – at the same time at the end of the day he's making all those throws he's making all of those just decisions on the fly he's going up against Drew Brees and the Saints they have an absolute shootout basically the Chiefs and Rams from last year part 2 and yeah that was that was an amazing game that was like quintessential high scoring football and it was it was That was not an
2: amazing game for those who started a defense involved in that game
0: <laughs>
1: yeah that's tough, Ryan. How many points did your defense get, Ryan? Well, I'll talk about it later. More than mine. <laughs> I was just about to say, at least it's not mine. <laughs> <Yeah. feet. laughs> Brutal. But uh from the 49ers, you know, Raheem Mostert, that dude looks legit uh running yeah. back. And he's just, he's so fast and he's pretty good. I mean, <laughs> and rip Tevin Coleman, that dude is done.
2: <laughs> they have three capable running back. It's, ju- it's just finding which one has the hot hand in any given week. And
3: right now, that is most art. Yeah, I I mean, they're just, they're doing what the Patriots needed with, they have two impactful players, one, rookie wide receiver, Debo Samuel, and two, trade deadline acquisition, Emmanuel Sanders. Both of them have been cooking the last couple weeks. Sanders went off, Samuels has been going off, and yet you're looking at the Patriots, they invested in a rookie wide receiver, Nikhil Harry, plays two snaps, gets hurt on the one snap he plays. And uh, Muhammad Sanu, one target, second-round yeah. pick. Emmanuel Sanders traded on the same day. What did he, what did he have? Six for, like, Seven 140, for and he threw a touchdown, he too. he threw one,
0: yeah. Yeah, playmaking ability is clearly there with Sanders, and Sanu, whether it's health, I don't know, but I don't want him out there until he's right. No thanks. But, yeah, they made the wrong call with that trade, for sure. I mean, only James White and Edelman
1: with more than five targets. I and mean, that's, to Spread the ball around. A little Is more, there man. a
3: reason though? Maybe he, I'm. I'm thinking it's because he can't get open to save his life. I,
1: I don't know. I mean, they got to play. Be playing some zones where he can just sit down in the middle of the field like he normally doesn't get open. I, mean, I,
0: I. mean, the first week he he was with the Pats, he had like 14, or it was like the second week, yeah, he had like he 14 was good. catches.
3: And then I think he got he got hurt though, returning that punt. Yeah. And uh, so whoever. Was the call to uh, send him back there? Good. He's still returning good, puns yeah. this week. And yeah, he, good, but call. He just fared, good call. fair call. He fair caught like all of them. And they didn't even send a guy back there for a few. Weeks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We touched on that too. Just going all out for the block on yeah. that play. Yeah.
3: That that yeah. play really bit them really bad.
1: It did. I, I mean, was saying to him, I think that yeah. that play was just indicative of Bill and just not being no um,
0: trust, no trust in, no the, trust offense. in the
1: offense. Because he's just like, we have to block this punt or else we're not going to score. Like the 10, 15 yards that it it rolls out, whatever, is not going to make a difference. Yeah, and it's
3: too bad because I was listening on the radio yesterday. So that punt landed at the 42-yard line. So if you just fair caught it on the Kansas City's 42-yard line. But then they gained 30 yards on that. So they got that midfield because they ended up getting the ball at Kansas City's like 20. But if they had started on the 42, if they just fair caught it, they would have gotten to like their... Their own 28, I believe it was. And so that would have put them, you know, in hypothetical field goal reigns. <laughs> don't know if they would have gone for it or not. But they, at least it wouldn't have been, you have to punt right now, like it ended up being. That's...
1: Uh, I don't really like that because the play calling is going to be much different if you start at the 50 versus the 20. I mean, and you're not going to be able to call the same plays. And it's just a totally different game then.
3: I guess. But I, I there's don't no really, there's no
1: guarantee that they still gain 28 yards or whatever There's no
3: like. guarantee, but I'm just saying it would have been a much easier. It would have been much easier to score from the 50 than it is from the 20. That I agree, start. but then
1: it was much easier when they blocked the they
3: Well, yeah, that that's line. the easiest. Right. But I'm just saying you in my eyes, you know, they already had blocked one, so you know Kansas City should be adjusting and picking up the the blockers coming up the the seams and stuff like that. So I don't think it was. The, I just don't think it was the right call to go for the block. All right. It's fair.
0: It's very fair. Um. Yeah. Do we want to segue into our segments? we got more NFL? We want to go. Do we want to touch on the slate for this coming week? Uh, yeah. Sure. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, so we can, <laughs> I mean, if there's any, like, notable games that are, like, actually impactful, because if not, then, you know, we can just slide right into Mortal walks. RIP, uh, me, um, huh. in that. Yeah, I got on so, one like, wrong, too.
1: So.
2: I, I, I have a big game this week. It's uh, the Patriots at Bengals, because if they lose, if the Patriots lose another game, they may not even get a bye.
3: Oh, God. That's, uh, yeah huge game they don't have the tiebreaker with Kansas City so no. or Houston
1: or Houston <laughs> every game they don't have a tiebreaker with anyone for the Patriots
3: they only got the tiebreaker with Buffalo until they play them again. again and lose
0: <laughs> uh, the Bears Packers is going to be a big game this week Texans and Titans is pretty big for that division oh yeah Wh- whoever wins that could yeah. win ultimately win the division
2: they have to play each other two out of three times oh that's week. right that's right they can run it back in week 17, so whoever gets the leg up or whoever gets the falls the leg down is going to have to uh, tag the other back in week 17 to have a chance.
0: Yeah, Steelers and Bills, another one in the AFC that's got a lot of uh, playoff implications. I think the Bills will probably clean up in that, not by not by like a lot. Are yeah. you, you taking the Bills? Not as a mortal log, but I, I like the Bills against the Steelers, yeah.
2: Buffalo on Sunday night for the first time since like two thousand and
3: six. Stealing all my
2: talking points. Bill's,
3: Bill's mafia is, is so back. Stealing all my talking points.
2: <laughs> that sucks.
0: Yeah, Bill's Mafia is gonna be flowing that that night. If you got a, a nighttime start Well it's in geez. Pittsburgh,
3: Dan.
0: Well still. I mean there's still gonna be
3: you know. Right. Yeah.
0: You know. So that, they'll, that travel. they'll travel. They'll make yeah. the track. They'll, they'll
3: travel. Travel. It's not that far. It's not that far. Come on, Bill's my
0: eye. Feel like <laughs> You sleep.
3: It's probably like like less than two hours. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's like four.
0: Okay.
2: Oh yeah, you want bet? <laughs> Look it up right now.
0: All right. But yeah, there's not. There's honestly not even like a ton of great matchups this week. Just eyeballing the slate, I mean, it's not. It's not really filled with a lot of uh, good matchups. But yeah,
3: car is uh three hours and fifteen minutes. Oh, it's closer to, to me. So Weird. we said two Yeah, yeah but you went over, so Yeah, you went over. <laughs> nah. Can't win on prices right.
0: Yeah, Fendi. <laughs> no facts. <laughs> the
3: same price is right. Get out. But yeah. Weep.
0: I I'm down to get Here. into mortal locks though. Um, I believe I am now four and seven. Um, after taking Another loss last week.
3: Uh, I didn't. I had a moral lock in our little pickup, but I didn't put it in our mouth-and-off chat because I didn't want it to count mouth-and-off, So I abstained. Yeah. So shout, shout out to Jonathan for I being kid, a the coward kid of, kid and not picking a moral last lock. Week so, last so, week. so we just give him a loss for that one. Yeah. yeah. He give, no, give me a one. So like I'm um, six, four, and one. Oh, no, like you get nothing. Six and five. <laughs> no, Kid abstained. Dead.
2: If I don't get nothing for that early season game, the Rams Seahawks, you get nothing. You get nothing get for
0: out.
3: for doing it off get a out. computer. Get out. <laughs> get out. All right. Can I do my mortal lock, Dan? First?
0: Yes, yes, yes. You, right. may.
3: you ready for this one, Dan? My mortal lock this oh, week no. is on Sunday night. Pittsburgh minus two and a half at home versus Buffalo. Yeah,
0: it's the worst mortal Buffalo lock of the
3: year. Is they're not. Good. I mean, it's simple as that. They don't play well on the road, especially Sunday night primetime. Do I think Josh Allen's going to show up in primetime Sunday night on the road? Not a chance. Duck Hodges, all this guy does is win. He's just a winner. You know, every game he started, they've won. Don't know why they can't keep this going. Buffalo has been bad on the road this year. They lost at Cleveland, who's a bad team. You know, they almost lost at the Jets at the beginning of the year, who's another bad team. So, I mean, I have no reason to think that the Bills can, can win games on the road, especially in prime time when they're used to playing at 1 o'clock. Um, no reason why I don't think Pittsburgh should win by at least a field goal because I think Pittsburgh's going to win. So, yeah, I got Pittsburgh minus wow. 2.5. I think it's a pretty easy bet. I think
1: Buffalo's going to win handily in that one. But Thank you. Not going to take it. Nah. Uh, I'm sticking. Scared. Stick on my boy, Ryan Tannehill, the Titans, minus two and a half. Easy clap. Houston, bunch of frauds. Bill O'Brien should be fired. That dude is terrible. And Deshaun Watson's overrated.
0: Next. Well, Jonathan, I'm afraid. Oh, fade me. Fade me. I'm afraid. Do it. Do it. Fade me. I am afraid you have left me no choice but to fade you. So I have a pick. Um, It's... A good one. I think you should all take it. Buffalo on the road, prime time. Uh, they're plus, plus two and a half against Pittsburgh Steelers. Doug Hodges, as Jonathan mentioned, has not lost a game he started. But we know that he'll, ha- he'll have his comeuppance. It will be against Bills. Uh, the Bills and Josh Allen are going to walk in there. And like Josh Allen's pretty much a slimmed down modern version of Ben Roethlisberger, so he's gonna he's gonna what he's gonna
3: harness. (laughs) (laughs) That is so out of what he's
0: gonna harness the the energy of Big Ben and his walking boot, and he's he's gonna he's gonna have himself a day. It's gonna be Josh Allen Day because you know what? Despite the Bills' success this year, he hasn't really flashed. He he hasn't been great. He hasn't taken a big leap. I think this is one of those games, and that that he will. He, Dan, it's going to be a Josh Allen day. He's
3: throwing three picks.
0: I'm sorry. Doc
3: Hodges is throwing at least three picks. They'll both throw three picks, and Pittsburgh will, win. Pittsburgh will win 7-3. You're Tough wrong. Way. You Pittsburgh, are wrong. Pittsburgh
0: will not score a touchdown.
3: Pittsburgh won't score a touchdown? Bills, I'll take a bet on that. Bills
0: D are going to eat them up on the road market.
3: No.
1: Yeah, Bill's D is gonna eat him a lot. And
0: Ryan, before you go, real quick, I have a. Uh, I have Ryan hasn't
3: done his yet. No, I yeah, know. He said before you go. I thought. Oh, I thought he was saying like, hang up. Sorry. Jeez, Good job. John. This Good guy job. stinks. I'm head
0: Um, I have a guest, Mortal Walk, uh, from one uh, Nick Brown. Um, yeah, he said if Ryan's gonna be on the phone for Mortal Walks, then you can just read mine out. Titans. Minus two and a yes. half. Hammer the Titans. Hammer man. the Titans. Texans stink. And then he said, Zach stealing my mortal walk, shaking my head. But we'll allow it because you put that in before Zach said it. So we will allow that rhyme. I'm down. Hammer the Titans, Nitchy. Love that. <laughs> uh,
2: first off, is the worst comp I've ever heard comparing Josh Allen to Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> no, no,
0: you, no, 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 no. Yeah, that was tough. no. No, no, no. See, you, you, you left out the context. I said a slimmed-down, modern version of Ben Roethlisberger.
3: But Ben uh, Rothlisberger's Roethlisberger still Berger in the league. He's modern throw, right now. No, he's not. Ben
2: Roethlisberger can actually be captain. Josh Allen can.
0: Yeah, but, you know, it's only his second year. Just give him, uh, okay. give him some time. Sure. Give what do you say, champ? Give him time, John. Uh,
2: so the random number generator has won two in a row, eaten up. And is going for fire in three in a row with Jacksonville plus six and a half over Oakland.
0: Actually, don't hate that, but I do because it's your random generated mortal walk. So I hope it fails. Penny, let's call Oakland. So those are our mortal walks of the week. Um, I know mine's probably not going to hit, but <laughs> all I do know is I will take my comp, Ryan, and I'll shove it. Um, all right, the only thing face. I'll
1: say about <laughs> your comp is that they both just huck the ball up. Yep. and Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's about it. Josh Allen needs more talent around
3: him. And they're both out of small schools Miami, Ohio, and Wyoming.
0: I'm telling you. Sleep. You yeah. Yeah. sleep.
3: That's about it. Keep
0: sleeping. So we can move on to fantasy love and hate. Um, one of my favorite segments, I think. Uh, it's up there with mortal locks. But anyways, Jonathan, do you want to start again, or do you need do you need a sec?
3: Uh, I got a love.
0: You got a love? Yeah, we'll start with love.
3: All right, Zach mentioned him a little bit, but I love me some Drew Locke versus Kansas City this week. That kid looks like he's legit. Um, oh, boy. Looks like John Elway may have go. finally found his quarterback. Uh, he's been searching for a while, picked an absolute garbage can in Paxton wins in the first round, but... He's moved on from that. He's found Drew Locke. Drew Locke, eight last week against Detections. He did well in the week before then, too. I forget who he played, but he was good there, too. Kansas City, really bad defense. I think this is going to be a – Kansas City is obviously going to score, so Denver's going to have to keep up. I think Drew Locke's the man for the job. Love me some Drew Locke this week at Kansas City.
1: Love that pick there. 11.5 uh, points spread there. I think Denver easily covers that. Um, For me, we got uh, a little tight end action this week. David Njoku for the Browns. I know, I know, ew, but he's playing the Cardinals. The Cardinals are the worst team in the league against tight ends, allowing 19.3 fantasy points per game, most yards, most TDs to tight ends. If you need a tight end this week, 80 owned in like 20% of leagues, go pick up Njoku, throw him in. Everybody who plays the Cardinals does well. Go ahead. I
0: love it. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, Except for Benny Smell. He's not a tight end, Ryan. <laughs> nah. So, for mine...
2: What did Vance McDonald do? Not Nothing. Hurt. Nothing.
0: Yeah. Good game. <laughs> okay. So, back to my fantasy love. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to botch this name. It's okay. But uh, of the Atlanta Falcons, formerly of oh, okay. the New England Patriots, U.A. Uh, coup. Uh, is, is that right? Yue? I think it's
3: Young way. It's
0: not. it's not. It's not young way. I yeah. literally looked yeah, up. Yeah, no,
3: it is. It's young way. Cool.
0: All right. Well, I looked it up. It is not young there's way. there's multiple ways to pronounce it. It's I've seen Uway. Like like really, it's like a quick pronunciation. But young way, that sounds good too. Anyways, regardless, besides the point, he is the best kicker in the week, and the Patriots didn't even notice it. He was on their practice squad, and they waived him and instead brought in bums such as Mike Nugent, a Kai Forbath, a better Nick, Nick Folk. Not too bad. But this kid, this kid's a stud, okay? Only one time this season, and uh, he, he's only played, what, six games? He's only uh, scored under 10 points once, one time. Started off with 15, 10, 11, 6, and then last week, 18. If you're in the playoffs and you need a few extra points that you can scrounge up, because uh, you know it's going to be tough to win. You put that guy in. I literally picked him up before, like 30 minutes before my fantasy playoff game. So you put him in, and guess what? He might get you 18 points, and you might trigger your friend. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I dropped him, so I'm glad to Th- glad you Thank you, Zach. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. I also that. noticed you still have two kickers on your roster. I do. Does like, it power move?
0: It is, it is. I, I don't want anyone else to have Joey Sly just because he's kind of a beast. Oh. So.
3: Except when he plays <in> New Orleans. <laughs> Go ahead, Ray. Okay.
2: All right, so my fantasy love this week is kind of a twofer. Uh, first off, I'm going to start with Tyler Higbee. He's had seven catches for over 100 yards in each of his past two games with Gerald Everett out of the lineup. Uh, this week he's facing a Dallas team that ranks in the bottom ten against tight ends in fantasy. So if Gerald <laughs> Everett sits out again, uh, Higbee is, an, uh, in my opinion, a must-start for the Rams or uh, in fantasy. Players, uh, if, but if Gerald Everett does suit up, I probably would avoid him, and I'd look for someone else like Noah Fant, who, like Higby, is coming off a big game. He has a good matchup, and is also rostered in under thirty percent of ESPN leagues. He oh, so I'd go Tyler
3: Higby or Noah Fant.
1: Is is Fant healthy? You get Carter uh, off. He
3: looks questionable. Yeah, he left a game hurt, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, so I'm getting cards. get we'll see if off he prac- think, but, but. see
3: if he practices this week.
1: Yeah, definitely check on that. Solid. Hops, Very solid. Hops, you, got some, you got some hate,
3: John? So fancy yeah, hate. Yeah, I got, I got some hate. I got a player for hate. I got wide receiver, Cincinnati Bengals, Tyler Boyd. Hate, hate, hate this matchup this week. Tyler Boyd, number one wide receiver in Cincinnati, probably going to draw Gilmore. Gilmore locked down Amari Cooper, played Nuke decently well, uh, a couple weeks ago, now guess Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd is not even close to the level of quality of Cooper or definitely not New Hopkins. So I think Boyd's going to get completely locked up. I would sit Tyler Boyd if you have him. Cincinnati's not going to score many points. Tyler Boyd's not going to score many points. He's going to get clamped on by Gilmore. Really hate his matchup this week.
1: Uh, that's us good one. For me, I hate the whole Arizona running back. Committee, <laughs> just all all three of them. They don't. I mean, K- Kenya and Drake played sixty five percent of the snaps last week, but all three of them played. All three of them saw stuff. It's just not enough to go around. And Cleveland's middle of the pack against the run. And I mean, David Johnson got lucky. Caught a caught a touchdown. I was surprised to even see that guy in the field. So I wouldn't touch any of them going forward. I don't see how you could trust them going forward in your fantasy playoffs.
0: Yeah. So. I'm going to go with the New York football Jets organization as a whole. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just – the whole season with Le'Veon Bell, you know, it's a real shame when you see a guy, you know, humbly come to your team after taking a year off, you know. and Uh, Humbly? I don't know.
1: That's a questionable (laughs) statement.
0: Uh, Very humbly. Um, Very humbly. Here, take all my money. Yeah. So he joins that organization, and they've done nothing – but mishandle him, misuse him, and it's a real shame because it's, it's a great talent, and I think he's just been used poorly all year l- long. He misses week 14, and I just got to question how the Jets handle their players because it seems like, I don't know, Sam Darnold getting mono earlier in the year, mysteriously, and, you know, uh, Jamal Adams uh, coming at ownership and the GM uh, after hearing about they tried uh, to trade him. I just think the whole organization deserves a lot of fantasy hate, and yeah, this season is kind of a pinnacle. I hope the Ravens uh, trounce them uh, this week. So yeah. Hey Dan,
3: go. I don't know if you saw, but uh, Le'Veon Bell absolutely cooked in bowling on uh, Saturday night. I bet he did. Are we bowling? No, no, actual bowling. You know why? He was out with the flu, but he uh, he shot fifty one. Because he's a beast. He's That's a beast.
0: And <laughs> the Jets hate him. Flu game. Yeah, flu, flu game. game. <laughs> Ryan. Your fantasy hate.
2: Okay. For my fantasy hate, I need you guys to picture the Arthur Fist meme while I am saying my fantasy hate. All right?
3: So here here
2: goes nothing. 516 yards allowed. They only got three sacks and one interception, and they allowed 48 freaking points. Minus six. Fantasy points. Saints defense. My, my my hate for you knows no bounds. None. You cost me a shot at four hundred dollars. How do you how do you let Jimmy G torch you for three hundred and fifty yards and four TDs? How do you let Emmanuel Sanders throw a touchdown on top of all the yards and touchdowns he got receiving? How do you let the 49ers Third-string running back over 100 yards from scrimmage
0: Carefully. and
3: two touchdowns. How? How? Careful. Yeah, I'll, uh, I can do you one better on that, actually. Um, <laughs> 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 you ever heard of uh, Phillip Rivers, the old man that can consistently throws, like, three picks a game? Oh, he uh, actually had 154.4 passer rating on Sunday. 16 of 22. 314 yards three touchdowns and then thyrod taylor comes in the game 113 pass rating three of five a touchdown i mean eckler goes over 200 yards scrimmage just unbelievable i they jacksonville gave up plays lengths of 84 45 and 44 yards they gave up three plays over 44 yards 3 and one of them 84 and two of them were touchdowns. I mean, not only did they give up 330 yards through the air, they gave up 200 yards on the ground and they got no picks. They got like two sacks. They got negative 8 and a loss by 7.
1: Oh, man, that's got to hurt. That guy who you're planning at is supposed to be
3: pumped. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, and then Alshon Jeffrey yeah. You can, you can, don't let the door hit you on the way out too, bro. (laughs) I mean, Ryan, I could have told you not to start the Saints D. If if you're listening, if you're listening to the show, Jimmy G
1: is a god and the 49ers are rolling. Kittle's back healthy. They got a running back. You should have listened to the show, bro. No. That's
2: all you got to do. Listen to the show and
0: you'd be cooking.
2: No, no game should have been, like, 27 to, like, 21. Nah.
3: That game has no business being 48 to 46. Ryan, the, <laughs> Absolutely the, the, not. the Chargers have no business scoring 45 points at Jacksonville on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, they do. Phil <laughs> do. Oh, yeah, six they picks. do.
0: <laughs> wow. Very, that's what fantasy playoffs does to you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it does a lot. It rises the emotions big time. But, yes, I think that concludes our fantasy love and hate. Second-to-last show, by the way, of the semester. Uh, We got one more, and that's on the radio, by the way. We're going to see what we can do about off-air stuff. But on the air, yeah, we got the second-to-last show uh, about halfway done, and we got the last show next week that Ryan – Will allegedly be in studio for Which is good I don't know I mean I don't hear him right now So I I, I think he just
1: had to run away From his phone for a little bit
0: I, Yeah I think he
3: threw it on the ground And it, it shattered <laughs> <laughs> Yeah it's Probably all the above <laughs> <laughs> should, wow.
0: we, uh, should we roll into Power ranks? Yeah Let's roll into power rankings For sure
3: Someone else can go I don't Someone else all can
1: Alright i kick it off um, Number five I got the Seahawks You know Tough loss to the Rams Rams are garbage, but uh, tough loss there. Didn't Russell Wilson didn't look great. He's been trending down a little bit lately, but still got to believe in him. He wins games. Uh, number four, I got the Chiefs. Mahomes look good and their defense is not <coughs> great, but Mahomes and Kelsey and miko Hardman and Tyree Kill and all these guys and then they're going to get Damian Williams back who's by far their best running back. Um, they're coming up. we got to watch out for the Chiefs. At three, I got the Saints. Tough loss there. I mean, you just lost to a better team. Um, gave up a lot, a lot, a lot of points. I mean, was it 48 points, right? 48, 48, 48 46. They gave up 48 points. Um,
0: yeah, 48
1: you just got, points. I think you just got out-coached there a little bit at the end, and uh, San Francisco just hung a 48-burger on you. Uh, two. <laughs> 48 I got, points. I got those 49ers. <laughs> um, nice dominating win over the Saints, you know, dropping 48 on them. 48 a little, points. A little worried that they gave it 46 points, but Drew Brees, who would have thought Drew Brees would have the second best fantasy game of his entire career against that 49ers defense? But uh, that's probably an outlier game, especially 48-46. Wow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> 48 <laughs> points.
1: <laughs> and then number one, I still got the Ravens. I mean, it's just they're far and away better than – Everybody else in the league right now. I don't think think it's close.
3: Yeah, I'm just gonna retweet that. I have the exact same top five, so oh, no, oh. I don't really need to say anything cool. else. Zach said everything for me, so thanks, Zach.
0: Anytime, buddy. Yeah, so I can go here. Uh, 48 points. This was t- this was tough, uh, especially number five. Uh, ultimately, I kept the Patriots in. They're number five. I just think yes, they have bad losses against good teams. The difference between this year and last year is last year they had some bad losses to some bad teams. Now, like they were losing to the Titans led by Mariota. The Dolphins. They, th- the Dolphins, they, they lost to uh, the Lions early on in the season. You know It was a bad. Last year they had some bad losses that obviously it's easy to, to forget about when they lose You know three this year thus far, and they're against good teams. They're games that you remember because they're – you know, it was supposed to be good games, and usually they are. Like the Kansas, Kansas City game, minus the officiating, that was a really good game um, overall. And, yeah, unfortunate about the officiating there. But, yeah, I think the Patriots are still better than what some people are writing them off as. And, again, we probably won't see that come to fruition for another couple weeks, if it does at all. But, ultimately, yeah, that's kind of why I still have them in there. Number five, number four, Kansas City Chiefs. I think they're kind of back to form. I think the win on the road at Gillette against the Patriots is huge, albeit the Pats offense isn't anything crazy. But still, the Kansas City defense did what they needed to do, ultimately kept the Pats under 20. They were able to make plays when they had to, especially the Mahomes to Nicole Hardman on the second and 25. Like, those kind of plays were huge for them, and they're proving that they're kind of back, back to their form. So them number four, number three. New Orleans Saints, uh, still looking good, ten and three, losing a shootout to Jimmy G the Niners. Uh, great effort against Z. You mentioned the coaching there at the end; definitely played a role. But they're still forty-eight points. They're still right there. Right, you know, tears. They're, yeah, tears. Uh, they're still right there with uh, the rest of the pack. Number two is the Forty Nine ers, uh, still still sitting there. They've moved up from last week. I believe I had them at three, but. Yeah, number two, uh, they're, again, they're that good. They have been all year, and they're doing it against good teams, which is something they hadn't done uh, for the first portion of the season. So they're really proving their worth uh, with the rest of the pack. I think they're top two. Number one, clear-cut Baltimore Ravens, just ho-hum. Uh, they get past the Buffalo Bills, one of the closer games of their year, and they the Bills probably played them close to the toughest, Uh out of anybody. So, yeah, that's my top five. Ravens up at the top. Pat's anchor at number five. Ryan? At
2: number five, 48 I points. have the team that gave up 48 points to the 49ers. Uh, at hey, number four, have okay. I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I like what I saw from them for the most part in that game. Like you guys have said, the defense did what it needed to do. The offense Together enough points in the first half to survive. Uh, so they look like they're a pretty solid team going down the stretch. Uh, number three, I got those 49ers. It's a great win against that team that gave up 48 points to them. Uh, number two, I got the Seattle Seahawks. Yes, they did lose to Jared Goff, but all in all, I really do think they are a really great team and I. Still think they're better than San Fran, um, and that and I give them the edge on head to head. And then Baltimore, yep, like you can't. What are you? What are you going to do? They just keep
0: rolling. Wild. Well, I, that might be a show first having the same top five Zach and Jonathan. It may have happened before, but I think that's a first. I Dan, Jonathan, I just want to say. Yeah. Okay.
2: Um, back to your New England thing where you said you'd rather them uh, be able to take care of their business and lose against the good teams rather than uh, be able to show that they can beat good teams and lose a couple of bad games. I, I definitely disagree with that. Yeah. I'd rather be able to have them show. I'd rather mm-hmm. them lose a couple of stinkers like they did last year and actually beat some good teams, like top tier teams, than to be able to than to just take care of business and lose all the games to the actual good teams. Yeah, I
0: don't think I said I'd rather that. I just meant like it's like the flip side of last year is that they're losing to good teams now versus what they did last year, losing to bad teams. But on both both fronts, I still think they can overcome it. Like, yeah, I'd much rather them uh, clean up on or win against good teams, lose against uh, some bad teams, have some trap games there. But, yeah, I, I just think either way they approach it, uh, from both ends of the spectrum, I think there's still a way to overcome it, uh, but again, it's going to be as hard as ever.
2: At least last year, going to the playoffs, I, you at least like could like find some hope. Like they showed that they were capable of beating those teams. This year, they haven't done that whatsoever, and I just find it very difficult to believe that they'll do be able to do that come playoff time.
0: Bills are nasty though. I think your big hope
1: right now is not focused on the teams that they've beat. It's that the defense is that good. I mean, you saw it against the Chiefs that 23 points is not very much. And they're one, one or two plays away from having that game going to overtime. So I think that's what I'm leaning on the most right now is the defense rather than the teams that they've played.
3: My big hope for them would be that because of their schedule this year, all the teams that – they're going to face in the playoffs. Most likely, they've already played this year, so they have an entire game film um, of that. So they can see what worked in those games, what didn't work, and because the Patriots have the best coaching staff in the entire league, that's definitely a big advantage for them. Even though they lost to you know Houston, Kansas City, Baltimore, the fact that they have a complete sixty minutes. Can see what those teams did against them that was successful, and what they did against those teams that was successful for themselves, and hopefully capitalize that on that in January.
0: Yeah, we can only hope. <laughs> I mean, it's really like last year too. Is like they they got it going in those last two games. I believe it was Buffalo and the Jets to end the year last year, and they really got it going. It was just I don't. It wasn't like as eye opening because again, they they weren't very good teams at the time, but. Yeah, it's really like the next few weeks are big. Yeah, Jonathan.
3: Um, so you you mentioned that that they kind of cleaned up on the bad teams at the end of the regular season. Do you think, because Cincinnati is so bad, do you think they need to hang like at least 35 points this week for you to hopefully feel comfortable about them again? Right
0: around there. I'd say that's the ballpark, like 28 to 30. 35 like, range.
3: I think you need to blow Cincinnati out of the water. And yeah.
0: the running game needs to be reestablished to some degree, whether it's Michelle, whether it's White or a combination of White and Burkhead. I don't care. I, like, I don't care who it is at this point. It's just clearly not working the way they've been doing it. So something has to change.
1: I do not want this game to be close at all. I want them to be up by three touchdowns at halftime and just run the ball down their throat the entire second half.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. F- figure I it can out. Win this sixty-three to three, and I still won't be
1: impressed. Uh, I'm but, not impressed, but I feel a little bit better.
3: I'm just saying that I I need to see that if they yeah win this game seventeen to thirteen against Cincinnati, right? That is a awful awful. Sign. The
0: the Bills game the following week will be a much better indication of where they're at offensively going up against a competent defense at the very least. And a defense that was able to hold the Ravens to 24, and yeah, I mean, not many teams have done that. I think, yeah, I think this week is just about doing what you do, uh, trying to impose your will offensively any way you can, and hopefully they're able to. Because if you should be, if you can do it against anybody, you, you got to be able to do it against the Bengals at the very least, and then we'll go from there. And then you'll go up against a competent D in the Bills, and then you'll clean up what uh, Miami week 17, you'll clean up there. So, yeah, it's more so the following week against the Bills that I think you'll get a lot more value out, out of in terms of how we see this team, how we perceive them offensively. Because, again, defensively, I think think we pretty much know what, what we have for the most part. Offensively, if this is what all we're going to get, there's no, no Super Bowl, no trip to Miami this year, unfortunately. But... We'll have to see. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, I think. Uh, Ryan, before you, before, before you leave, can I oh, just right. get your, uh, your
1: thoughts on the, the college football playoff top four? Oh, beautiful.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, so LSU uh, jumping Ohio State for number one. Uh, I definitely had LSU at one, but I am surprised that the committee flip-flopped them again. I, I guess that they just valued that Georgia – Dominating the number four Georgia Bulldogs in the SEC championship, even though Georgia had some of their key players hurt and suspended for half the game. uh, I guess they really valued that and saw the Ohio State game, how they kind of struggled to get going the first half. And, yes, the the second half comeback was very impressive, but it it almost seemed like they gave uh, LSU a lot of credit for the defense just clamping down the number four team in the country. Uh, So you got LSU at one. You've got Ohio State 2, Clemson 3, and Oklahoma 4. So that's going to be – those are going to be some really interesting games where LSU and Oklahoma is absolutely going to be a shootout because those two teams, the defenses are okay to good, but those offenses are electric. So that should be a high-scoring affair. And then Ohio State-Clemson, I mean, two battles of undefeated teams, Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Fields, I mean – That's a semifinal, like that's that's just crazy to me. (laughs) That's like Alabama, Clemson in a semifinal game. Like that's that's just a treat. And then two of those teams in the the finals. Like I'm I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely looking forward to it.
1: Can I get your picks?
2: Okay, Uh, I'm gonna take LSU over Oklahoma. Love that. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Clemson over Ohio State based off of playoff experience. I'm not saying the moment will be too big for Ohio State, but Clemson's been there and they've done that. And I know a lot, of, a, a decent amount of their players graduated, went to the pros from last year, but they still have a lot of players that have playoff experience on that team. And I think that that could be the difference maker in, the, in a close game at the end. Uh, so I, I like Clemson in that, and then so I would have LSU Clemson in, in, in a Tiger Bowl. <laughs> and I, man. I gotta. I, I picked Clemson to go to the championship game and lose to Georgia in the preseason. Uh, and so, because of that, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Clemson. I'm gonna pick Clemson to, to beat LSU in the championship. I think Joe Burrow finally has one of those Sir. not so great games where the Clemson defense just is able to contain him, and I I like Clemson to win it all.
0: Alright. Wow. two pack that. Wow. And uh, you'll get my picks after the break. <laughs> oh, big big pro tease right there. We love it. We love it. Uh there's one thing I have to say to all this uh talk about LSU losing. Yep. Uh go tigers. Thank you, Coach O. Uh, so yeah. Thank you, Coach O. <laughs> yeah. Everybody say thank you to Coach O. Ryan, you don't have to because you're you Coach you're a tiger hater. Um but yeah, pick the Tigers to win. Well, the wrong Tigers, <laughs> the wrong ones. But, anyways, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with the second half of the show. You'll get Zach's uh, hot picks for the college f- football playoffs uh, right after uh, this short break. This is the Mouth and Off show on WBIM 91.5 FM, and we will be back. The Massachusetts Aggression Reduction Center, or MARC, Is hosting an event on campus April 30th from 12 to 3 p.m. in the University Park for Dare to Care. What is Dare to Care? We want you to dare your students on campus to create an inclusive community, listen without judgment, embrace individuality, and challenge your beliefs. We all come from different places, we have different beliefs, and we participate in different activities, but at the end of the day we are all Bears. So join, join us April 30th in University Park to listen to our speakers, enjoy some food and fun games, and most importantly build a better community on campus. This PSA has been brought to you by the Marth program, Bridgewater State University, and WBIM 91.5 WBIM, Bridgewater State, hashtag Go Bears. All right, welcome back, everybody. Second half of the Mouth and off Sports Show here, Dan sadik alongside with Zach Lacey and Jonathan Sullivan. It is our second to last on air show of 2019. And we have college football picks coming from Zach. And then to close out the show, we'll have uh, some updates on the Boston Celtics and the Boston Bruins. But, Zach, your picks that we have been desperately waiting for.
1: <laughs> well, I totally agree with Ryan on. Uh why lsu jumped ohio state i mean ohio state down a half and it looked pretty bleak for them um and then they really turned around in the second half and dusted wisconsin didn't let up any points and uh won by 13 but i think just that slow start company with lsu's just dominance of a pretty good georgia team um was enough to put them at the number one seed And, you know, Georgia, there was some talk if they lost a close game and some other things had to happen, maybe they could sneak in even with a loss. But after losing by 27, it was pretty evident that Georgia does not belong in the top four and they were not deserving of that last spot. (coughs) Uh, Coming into the weekend, Utah was at number five and looked like if they won and Georgia got blown out like they did, then it was Utah's spot to be had. Uh, especially with them being ranked ahead of Oklahoma and Baylor, the other two uh, one-loss teams in a championship game. But Utah then gets blown out by Oregon, who had just lost to Herm Edwards and Arizona State a couple weeks ago. So then it's up to Oklahoma and Baylor, and Oklahoma wins 30-23 to in another thriller between these, these two schools after they just had that big game a couple weeks ago. So there's basically no conversation. There was no other teams really that could be considered for that fourth spot. I mean, nobody else played in the conference championship that game that weekend that could make a case for it. So it was pretty much Oklahoma just defaulted to being into that spot. Um, it's really tough for Oregon, though. They jumped all the way back up to number six this week. They could make a bowl game, but I mean, to they lost two games but they played Auburn to start the year. And there's been a lot of talk about this, the whole idea of uniform scheduling between the conferences. And it seems like Oregon year in, year out is always playing like a high profile game to start the year. Whereas most of these other big schools are just playing some crappy teams like FCS teams and stuff Mm -hmm. just to get some wins at the beginning of the year. Um, So Oregon played Auburn in the game. They had a lead in the fourth quarter and they blew it. Um, so instead of going into the Pac 12 championship game with one loss, they have two losses and they don't really have a chance to make the playoff. Um, you know, they still, for the next three years, too, they got Ohio State for the next two and then Georgia at the beginning of their schedules. I don't really understand that move. I mean, obviously, if Oregon hadn't lost to uh, Herm Edwards and Arizona State and they went in with one loss, then they'd probably be in the playoff right now. But, I don't really understand why they keep scheduling these tough opponents. I know the Pac-12 doesn't get a lot of respect because they're on so late uh, on the East Coast, and I mean that's where a lot of the news is, and people just aren't paying attention to them anymore, and when they're playing at 10, 11 o'clock at night. But you really can't lose that game to Arizona State. If you do, if you win that game, then you're you have a much better loss in that Auburn loss than Oklahoma's loss to Kansas. So you're probably getting by them. Uh, so with that all said, my picks. Oh baby. So LSU taking on Oklahoma in the Peach Bowl. I gotta go with LSU. Yes, Joe Burrow. I love I love Jalen Hurts. He's a winner. But I just think LSU's defense is gonna make a couple more plays than Oklahoma's defense. And Lincoln Riley gonna go home, gonna go home a loser again. Uh, I It was very important for LSU to get to number one. I think either LSU, Ohio State, or Clemson, any of those three teams would go on and beat Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So the real game, I think, is between Oklahoma or Ohio State and Clemson. And anybody who knows me, I'm not a big Clemson guy. Never been a big Dabo Sweeney fan. And that's going to (laughs) continue. Go Bucks. Go Buckeyes. Get J.K. Dobbins and he's just going to run all over the place. you got Justin Fields. He's going to throw for 1,000 yards. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Clemson has a really good defense. I think it's going to be a really good game. But in the end, I think that Ohio State just has a couple more playmakers that's really going to make the difference there. So sorry, Ryan, and fade your Clemson pick. <laughs> uh, this would set up a date between the two Heisman QB finalists uh, in the finals. you get got Joe Burrow, four-star recruit. Number two hundred eighty prospect coming out in the two thousand fifteen class, where Josh Field or Justin Fields was a five star recruit, number two player in the country, coming out. When o- Joe Burrow went to Ohio State to start, and then he had to sit in the room with J T Barrett, Braxton Miller, Cardell Jones, mm-hmm. and then watch Dwayne Haskins come in and start over him too, and that's when he left and went to Ohio State or went to LSU, and really found his groove, and then Justin Fields also. Was a transfer from Georgia, where he sat behind Jake Fromm, and then I don't know why he picked Georgia to begin with. They already had Fromm, who was the, the top recruit the year before. Yeah, I don't really know what he was thinking there. But then he transfers to Ohio State, turns into a Heisman candidate. These two guys. So we got the, This is the sixth year of the, C, the college football playoff. The previous five, two seed has won three times, and the four seed has won twice. No one or three seed has ever won the college football playoff. Sabermetrics, baby. Love it. And that's going to continue this year. (laughs) Ohio State, Buckeyes bring home the national championship. Joe Burrow, I think Ryan's right. I think the moment's going to get too big for him in the championship game. Ohio State, that defense is actually legit. And Ryan Day brings home a national championship.
0: Don't like that. Well, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Uh Good picks, Z. Good can, picks, dude. What, what picks do you
1: got, Dan? you got a little something for us? Uh,
0: I don't re- really. I mean, it's just all bias. Like, I, LSU, obviously going to win. What's that? LSU. LSU-Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma uh, Oklahoma's the three, right? Oklahoma's the four. The four. The four. That's right. One, four, two, three. All right. Yeah, I mean, I love LSU in that. Just because, yes, if Joe Burrow does falter in the big, big moment, I think that would be national championship rather than the semifinals. Like, I think he still has the juice flowing. I still think he's riding that wave. He's one of the hottest things in the, the freaking country right now, Joe Burrow. Um, and, yeah, I, I would say they definitely win that. And then with Clemson and uh, Ohio State, yeah, I, I'm reluctant to pick against Clemson just because I feel like every time since, like, 2015, like, when they've really started to get that run going with, like, Deshaun Watson – Um, back when they had, like, Sammy Watkins and those guys. I just feel like it's going to be a close game at the very least. I don't see Clemson getting blown out by any means, but Ohio State will probably end up winning that game, and then Ohio State, LSU. LSU, I mean, I can't. Joe Burrow. (laughs) I mean, you just played the Go Tigers. Go Tigers. (laughs) Coach O. I, I need more than anything in this world. I need... Coach O, to win a national championship. It would be the best thing ever. The content that we could get, the potential, oh, it just, it would be endless, and I need it to happen, so I'm, I'm going to pick it. Uh, the yeah. sound bites of a drunk
1: Coach O, like, celebrating. <laughs>
0: that, uh, that would be wonderful.
3: I got, I got the same as you, Dan, but I think LSU-Oklahoma is going to be a blowout. I think LSU's going to blow them out. I'd win by, win by at least two touchdowns, 17 points um, around there at least. Um, Clemson, Ohio State, going to be closer, but Ohio State, I just think they're a better team. I think Clemson really hasn't played, and their best game this season was against uh, Texas A&M. They
1: played Texas A&M early. Texas was probably the
3: toughest team that they played all year. I just don't think they've played anyone. I, I still think they're a good team, but, like, I don't think there's as, as Ohio State. Ohio State's tested. They played a, a much harder schedule. I think they're going to come out on top. They're hungry, but then yeah, I got I got love Shack University and thank uh, you beating Ohio State. Shaq. I think they're they're just so good. Every team they played, they just they beat them handedly. I know that Alabama came back on them, but that was still a pretty handed uh, victory for LSU in Alabama. So I had no reason to believe that. LSU should have any problem winning the national championship. I get them, and I don't think it's going to be close. I mean, I can see maybe you can make a case for Ohio State, and then even further you can make a case for Clemson, but like, if I was to go on my confidence meter, I would go 80% LSU, 15% Ohio State, 5% Clemson. Wow, that's pretty, pretty confident. confident. in
0: LSU. Again. That is very confident, and it just made me feel a whole lot better after Ryan and Zach picked against LSU and Coach o and oh, but you know.
3: best bowl game of the whole season, Holiday Bowl, December twenty seventh, USC versus Iowa, gonna be a battle. What a game! <laughs> yeah, Hawks, Hawks, Hawks. What about the I believe it's the Birmingham Bowl. Is that the one BC's in? BC. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who are they playing. <laughs>
0: Wasn't BC's bowl last year like canceled?
3: Yeah, they was. They were. Yeah. Up, they went up seven nothing on Boise State in the I believe it was the Camping World uh, Bowl. In yeah. Dallas, and it was so irrelevant that they canceled it for Lightning and didn't reschedule it because no one cared No.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were supposed to go try to play on some other <coughs> field somewhere because they didn't, the lighting, whatever, and then Boise State was like, nah, because they didn't want to lose. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so it just got canceled. Jeez. Jeez. Thank God. And we don't really cover outside of the college football playoff, but BC did fire Steve Adagio. It, 100% did. the right call. Oh,
1: yeah i dude, he was such a good coach, trying really hard. And Matt Cunningham just gave him such a <laughs> hard time on Twitter. On Twitter, yeah. Just yelled at him all the time and this guy's just <laughs> trying his best. And yeah, he was trash.
3: Uh. <laughs> you can't even say what this dream page is. I'm, try, here, I'm but... trying so hard, but
1: yeah, he
0: was he was bad and he <laughs> needed to be moved on from. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Um so, yeah, that's our college football uh, update. I will say this, Joe Burrow in a Pats uniform, wouldn't, I wouldn't hate sell that. Sell
3: the farm, you'll triple
0: I, I, right? I'll, triple I'll a sell the farm for Joe Burrow. <laughs> as long as they spell his name appropriately on the back of, of the jersey, it has to the be the, the, yeah. the E-A-U-X. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need that. <laughs>
3: oh. What do you think it would take to, for the pass to trade up to number one? Uh, two first-round picks, two second-round picks
0: and Brady a quarterback and yeah they
3: did him probably not Brady
0: they'd have to be sold on a guy that high
3: i think it would just Absolutely honestly sold. i think it would just be picked so it would have to be maybe three three first round picks so their first round pick this year and then the following two years and their second round pick this year and next year i mean there was rumors
0: they wanted to trade up for baker last
3: year there's always they rumors that. that they no,
0: but no, I know, I know. I, but I mean, like, the realm, it's not out of the realm of possibility, I don't think.
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I sent it in our chat the other week. I mean, the way I look at it now is 31, Sonny Michelle. 32, Lamar Jackson.
4: They had two That's tries, brutal. too. That's they took a win as well.
3: And then what was it? 36, Nick Chubb. Yeah, I mean, th- I don't get me started. I, don't get me started on that. But <laughs> their first round picks the last couple of years. You want to know why they're struggling so bad? I point right there. All busts. Isaiah Wynn, say, oh, well, you know. But, like, being healthy, that's on, like, he was hurt in college, too. I mean, that's on the staff.
1: stability is availability. Yeah, exactly. Like, you
3: can't – I'm so sick of people saying, like, how do you know – even with Harry. Like, I'm like, Harry's a bust. Well, how do you know he's been hurt? Well, like, he can't get on the field. Like, is that – that yeah. doesn't mean he's good. Like, if anything, that means he's awful.
0: And when he is on the field, he doesn't get used a whole lot.
3: He played three snaps. And he got hurt on the one time he touched the ball. He got hurt. We I have, mean, unbelievable. We have seen some flashes out of Harry, though. Yeah, he has catch in the corner. Four th- that catches also. Should have been no, touchdowns. But, like,
1: the catches that he's made are impressive. The plays he's made are impressive. He's
0: just wildly in, inconsistent. My-
3: Myers does not wow me when he makes plays. Well, Myers un- undrafted. He's supposed to. Uh, he Harry's uh, in the first right. round. He's supposed I'm just to be saying, good. He, th- it, it's tough to call him a bust, right now. But he's trending that way. He's trending we that can way say, because he's not can on we the Can we say Sonny Michael bust? Bust, <laughs> absolute
1: bust.
0: Yeah,
3: garbage. You can scene. look
1: back and say, "Oh, we could have had Nick Chubb. Oh, we could have had Lamar Jackson. Oh, we could have had all these guys, and we got Sonny Michael.
0: Yeah,
3: trash. yeah so awful.
1: Not it, even. He's like the third best running
3: back. And I don't. Our team. They. I don't know if you guys remember. This is like the three straight weeks. I know we're back into the NFL talk now, but. This is three straight weeks where it's like they've started Sonny Michael on, like, the opening series or the opening two series, and then he, like, disappears.
0: Yeah. They, they It's like
3: every week they get – they're like, okay, this is – we're going to let Sonny Michael see what he can do, and then it takes two series, and they're like, wow, this guy's so awful. we got to get him out of the game. Well, because
1: the defense has been bad in the first half of games recently, and they've been falling behind. So then you can't
0: just stick to the
3: run when I it's I know, not but working. but even in even in the Philadelphia game when it was close the whole time, they still didn't stick with him. Yeah.
0: Oh, I think he also he's dropped awful. a pass he's, in he's that bad, game too. So like, they did.
1: They did ask Bill about that in his little press conference, yeah. and he said, "Oh, that's just the way the
0: game's yeah. goes He had or he had a run, and, and we got good. a caller here Wait, for the last he, half. He
3: had a run. Dan, can they still hear me right now? Yeah. Okay. So he had a run, um, on Sunday where he went to the left side and he had. Like a hole there, and he like hop stepped and literally it looked I like he was. When he does that, did you remember what I was talking? It literally yeah. looked like he was jogging, oh like God. waiting for the hole, and he just like fell down. It's so frustrating. He's so man. awful. It's so obvious that he was solely a byproduct of the great blocking that they had last year, and had nothing, nothing to do with him.
0: <laughs> Sheesh. Well. With that being said, we have a caller on the phone uh, who also put in a guest mortal log uh, on the show today. We'd love to see that. Nick, how you doing?
4: I am doing great, boys. I guess I called in at the perfect time. Just wanted to shout out my Titans mortal log earlier. Andy, hammer the Titans, baby. <laughs> Keeping uh, relevancy going with this discussion, uh, we're talking about Nikhil Harry, we're talking about Jacoby Myers. I think it's an absolute crime that Nikhil Harry is not getting on the field. I don't know what's going on
3: with him. It's because he's bad. Yeah, That's Kobe, why he's not getting on no, the field. It,
4: it, no, you, what's ridiculous is you saying he should be on the field, or what I'm saying, he should, he should be on the field. You think he's bad? Jacoby Myers is a bum. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Clearly the, the coach is think that he's better than harry if harry showed anything in practice or showed any separation or anything on tape he would be well, on I the field
4: under, okay but what makes no sense to me is every time he steps on the field he does something like 10 times better than jacoby myers does this guy's just running around like he's on a
3: track field like well, how those drops how can you were even brutal. say that? he played three snaps against kansas city he got hurt on one of them how can you say oh, yeah okay I, I i understand
4: that but my point is he should be out there so much more because when he does, like Zach was, Zach made a perfect point, when he catches balls, these catches he makes are impressive. And he's got such a bigger, better body than Jacoby Myers. I just don't understand what's wrong with him at the point. I understand he's very oh, injured.
3: I, I, I understand that. The, but the, what's I, wrong I, I, with I him, Nick, is that they can only run like two or three plays for him that he'll get open, which is a comeback. And I guess that stupid little fake screen, reverse screen they ran on Sunday he can't. He okay, has no con- conception of running routes. I don't think. So, what, what what
4: happened to all this work that Brady was supposedly putting in with Nikhil Harry? Like, what? what I don't think he did. He been like? I, I I don't know. I don't get that. As far as Sony Michael, that guy stinks. Uh, <laughs> James White's the best runner on this team. And I think everybody should know that by now. Make him the backup. Uh, the the Sony Michelle fans need to go back in the bathroom and stay there forever. Um,
3: I don't know. Are there any Sony Michael fans left?
0: No, I'm Maybe on the, his I can't so I'm on the James White, ride James White new bell cow train. But are you
3: on the Sony Fact. Michael is an absolute bust trash bandwagon?
0: I'm almost there.
3: You sh- have Dan. Completely- you have to be there. He's so awful. <laughs> he is. I'm trying I'm trying. I think it's
4: important to not spend too much time looking back into past draft classes, being like, Oh, we could have had this or we could have had that, like with Nick Chubb and everything. I think that's just kind of a waste of time. I do think, however, they need to be a lot better at traffic. So I understand the angle that you're going out there, Jonathan, with that. But I don't think we should be really wasting our time complaining about what's been happening and just focusing on, you know, these you know GMs and everybody making draft selections for the Patriots obviously need to do a better job because, as we can see, we're very depleted in some of our offensive
3: positions. My thing with Chubb that just gets me so mad is that they literally played on the exact same team. It's not like, you know, Chubb's out of some, he's a stud and he's out of some, you know, D2 school or no one saw him coming out. I mean, the Patriots clearly every single time, every single Sonny Michael game that they watched, Chubb was also running the ball on other downs. So it's not like they didn't have a in-depth knowledge of Nick Chubb. They clearly decided of those two running backs, Sonny Michael was better than Nick Chubb. And it's just oh, okay. Hold on, hold on. Didn't Chubb so, tear his ACL and what? He to, he, but Michelle tore his ACL too. I think they both wasn't. It was Michelle or Chubb that had that horrific injury where they was like. Chubb, was, Chubb. was, the horrific they was Chubb. injury. but I think Michelle um, tore his ACL too in college. If I remember my right. my, I, my question sure. is:
4: So you're talking about? So do you think like, like they were at like a ton of Georgia games?
3: I'm not saying they were at a ton of Georgia games, but when you. Are watching? Clearly, they were invested. When you're watching Phil, do you Georgia. think they're watching Nick Chubb plays? Though, yeah, I do. They're watching. I, don't. I. They're watching the same. They're on the same team. I mean, it's impossible. That not, doesn't mean
4: they're watching all. Like, so you think there, they said? There, you think I, they
3: said? Oh, Sony Michaels is the only good player on this team. We're only going to watch his runs. No, 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 no.
4: But I think they probably put a lot more attention into watching the Michelle plays than the Chubb plays. Especially if that's
3: the guy they're looking to draft, which they did. Well, they shouldn't have because they both they went I'll around. They went around the same draft. It's not like everyone's like Michelle's a first round pick and Chubb is going to go undrafted because Michelle's so much better. They went around the exact same spot, so they were pretty much in everyone's mind. Except, I guess the Patriots they were equal. So to me, that's embarrassing on the Patriots to not I look into Chubb. Maybe well, I don't think
4: the maybe, Patriots would have been the only team to pick Michelle over Chubb.
3: Maybe not, but no one
0: knows. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe the Packs <laughs> thought they were somewhat equal, and they just they went with their gut, and they thought they had their guy, and they don't.
3: They definitely don't. Well, yeah. Yeah,
0: I think we know that. Yeah. But also, I don't even know if Nick Chubb is the best running back on his own team. Yes, he is. I don't even know. Sure. I, don't, I don't know.
1: No. I don't no. know. Definitely not the most complete running Stop. back on his
0: team. <laughs> definitely not the most complete. But I digress. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Again, we've talked plenty past as well, and we're running short of time a little bit, so we can we can move on. Uh, Nick, are you itching to talk some Bruins? Oh, well, it's not going to be good stuff. I'll tell you
4: that. <laughs> they got some problems going oh, on. Oh no! Now here he comes, the,
0: the Bruins police, Nick Brown.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, like you look at these past two games that they've lost. I mean the Avalanche are a great team, but that game was an absolute bust. I mean, you look at the box or both teams only took twenty shots in that game and you know, the Bruins only stopping what well, I I forget how many exactly uh the Rask had in that game, but I mean in such a low shot game, allowing, you know, four or twenty shots, like that's just such just stuff like Rask needs to figure his stuff out. Um, and then against Ottawa, you know, Apparently, Ottawa has been playing teams pretty hard this year, even though they do have a pretty atrocious record. Not as bad as the Detroit Red Wings, but nonetheless, um, Bruins really have uh, kind of a goalie issue right now. And I am kind of worried because when they were on that win streak and that point streak, uh, you know, a lot of questions were asked to Bruce Cassidy about, you know, maybe getting a little bit like uh, they were just kind of playing without as much energy or less or not as much motivation. Because, like, you know, they're such a hot streak. And they're like, oh, they're just kind of, like, going with the flow. They're going with the motions right now. Um, And I feel like it's starting to happen. You're starting to kind of see it. Because you don't have that kind of, like, I just feel like they have a certain edge. And and I feel like that Rangers game a couple weeks ago was kind of like the beginning of that kind of a little, little foresight into what we're seeing right now. So I am a little bit concerned that they're kind of playing a bit lackadaisical, even though they're claiming that they're not. Uh, but we kind of we kind of knew something like this was happening. So in that sense, I'm not too worried. Uh, but they just need to get everything back together, and I think they'll be fine because, I mean, they have the talent. runs back, or he had a goal in his first game back. So hopefully that's a sign of good things to come.
3: Yeah, I got. I just got one question for you, Nick. Uh, do you think it's time for Tuca Rast to go on a one-month hiatus like you did last year and have a, a lot take over the goal? Uh,
4: honestly, um, a month might be too much. But honestly, I would be okay with him sitting out for like a couple weeks. I wouldn't hate it. It would be a, a very weird kind of strategy to go with, but uh if we're looking at historical trends and things that have happened in the past as far as the regular season with the Berlin's goaltending, uh I I wouldn't hate making moves like that. Just saying, Hey, you gotta get your head in the game, but uh we're gonna get let Halak at some playing time, you know, try to give him a kick in the butt, spark fire on him. Maybe uh comes back and he starts playing like he was in the beginning of the season.
0: Yeah, maybe it's better to light a fire underneath them earlier, you know, before we approach like the end of the season and close to the playoffs. And I mean, they were on a ridiculous pace too. I mean, one would have had to think it was going to level out at some point.
3: Yeah. I mean, we talked about it on the air, um, a couple times, but it's like, and You know they're going to go through these rough patches, so that's why it was so encouraging that they started so hot and they have this huge yeah, yeah, yeah. lead so they can afford to slip up against some bad teams, and it doesn't affect them um, in the standings.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're not going to be perfect all year, and it's it's tough to keep up the pace that Pasta and Marshan were scoring at and stuff, so dropping a few games here and there, not going to kill them, especially with the lead that they've uh, been able to build up in the first quarter of this season.
4: I will say one thing that does kind of concern me and this is something I talked about I think either last week or two weeks ago um, and when I was talking about secondary scoring issues for teams like the Edmonton Orioles and us um, I am worried at the kind of flip flopping of the lines that has seemed to continue happening over these the past weeks um, bringing some young guys up from Providence and I know this is kind of something that they always do over the course of a season but like I would like to see, like, if we remember back to that fourth line of Achari, Corrali, and, um, and Wagner, whoever else it was, uh, they were such so consistent. They were like the second-best line of the team behind the first line. The second and third lines were kind of like a mess. I would like to see some consistency and some chemistry being um, kind of worked on over the course of the regular season with some more consistency in the, the lines and the chemistry going forward because, you know, we saw earlier on this year, I believe it was Heinen, Bjork, and Charlie Coyle were actually having a good stretch of games together, and then they kind of just split that up, even though Bruce Cassidy had said he didn't want it. We went away and did it anyway. Um, so I would like to see a little more consistency and seeing some guys get more playing time together so that, you know, as the season goes on, and maybe we get closer to the playoffs. Uh, we don't have to worry about, uh, you know, barring injuries. We don't have to worry about the mixing and matching of players in
1: line. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting last year in the playoffs when, like, people would get hurt or Bacchus would come in for a game. The fourth line stayed the same. It wasn't like they bumped people up from the fourth line to the third, whatever. When somebody was out, they kept that fourth line the same because they were so good together and such a spark. Like, on penalty kills or right after the penalty kill, you bring those guys out for that vulnerable minute as the Jack Edwards loves to say. Danger minute. Yeah, danger minute and the half boards and all that good stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, I completely agree, Nick. You gotta f- definitely chemistry is one of the biggest things in hockey. I mean, knowing where your guys are without even having to to look sometimes is a gift, and that's what we've seen out of that first line. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully what we can get somewhere with some other line. Right, and
4: because you see so many times in games You mentioned guys being able to know where each other are, regardless of where they are on the ice. You see so many plays and so many passes, like the the game-winning goal against the Rangers, where Pasternak just knew Krejci was going to be exactly where he was for that overtime winner. Stuff like that is just like it it just highlights how important it is because you've got guys who you don't, you know, if that's not Krejci Pasternak, um, if that's just two different guys who haven't played together. How they know? I don't know. Maybe they take the shot instead of making that pass for do a wide open net. So, you know, I think it's just it just highlights
0: how important it really is. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully they can right the ship and just keep keep building. I mean, they have a nice lead um, in the Atlantic, and you know, I just oh, it's I,
4: not even close.
0: Yeah, They're I not just even close. hope you know they don't fall too, you know, deep down into a hole of
4: in, in, of like losing fall. or what. And I hate I hate to interrupt, but like <laughs> they won't fall into too deep of a hole. But at the same time, being at the top of the Atlantic and having such a big lead does kind of scare me. Especially seeing how bad Toronto and Tampa Bay are doing. If either of those two teams kind of slip in and we end up having to play them in the first round, I will <laughs> not be comfortable. That'd be tough. That'd be very tough.
0: But anyways, uh, we've got about ten minutes left here. We can try to touch on one or two other things here it's the MLB offseason and we get you know a shoot a drop way earlier than what it has been in uh recent years Steven Strasburg stays with the Washington Nationals uh, on a seven-year 245 million dollar deal which sets uh Mm -hmm. sets the market and now we'll see what happens with Garrett Cole uh the Yankees and uh the Dodgers and multiple quote-unquote mystery teams are Said to be involved, Cashman um, has a quote from about 20 minutes ago on uh, Garrett Cole. He says, I can tell you this. We're a strong participant, at least from our perspective we are. That's our intent, and it takes time, but I can't guarantee we're going to wind up with the player. I can just guarantee a championship-caliber effort on our part. So, yeah, that's that's Brian Cashman of the Yankees on Garrett Cole. Um, yeah, reportedly they are they've offered him... What'd you say the number earlier, Zach was like? Like eight
1: for around like two ninety, two hundred ninety million. That's a lot of money. It's gonna be the highest contract oh. for a pitcher in MLB history. It's a lot. I wouldn't and be surprised I, if by the end it pushes up over th- over three hundred with if these other team <laughs> mystery teams are really in in on it. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. Garrett Cole's a he's a very very good pitcher. That's a lot of money, man. It is. <laughs> oh yeah.
4: I don't I know a, why we're still talking about this. I thought Boston Sports Dojo already broke the news that the Yankees had signed Garrett Cole.
3: Uh, we don't give free pl- publicity on this show. Please don't s- mention them. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but I, regardless, yeah. he's, it, it's going to be ridiculous. And um, I do think Yankees fans in particular have to be careful because they've been burned so many times. And you think about last year, they can't be. They got to be careful with assuming that he's just going to come to them because they're a championship-caliber team. You know, the Angels have something to offer. You know, some potential to offer. I would love uh, for getting him there too.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a California kid, and it would be really nice to see Mike Trout finally get back into the playoffs. Because, man, that guy—he's the best player in baseball by far. It's not even close. And he gets
0: no exposure,
1: none, because just because he plays on a crappy team and. Man, you see him on the highlights like every day making this over the wall catch, hitting two more home runs and it's just it's I feel
0: bad for the dude. It's like the quietest like like one of the most amazing careers or at least start starts to a career mm-hmm. in the history of sports and it's the quietest thing happening.
4: It's, there has there's never been a player like Mike Trout in the history of sports, I don't think ever.
3: There's, two there's re- never been
4: a guy who's been, has been, um, who's been like given the title of pot, like one of the greatest at his sport and yet not been given the media attention that the guys of the same like caliber of title in other sports mm-hmm. have gotten.
3: Yeah, there's, there's two main reasons for that. One, baseball is awful at marketing their stars. True. Um, you look at basketball, even football, even hockey, it's not as big of a sport. But baseball is just really, really bad at marketing their stars. If you go up to random people on the street and say, do you know who Mike Trout is? I would say probably you would 70%, I would say. I bet there's people right now walking around this campus, 100% have no idea who Mike Trout is. He's
0: not even the most popular player in baseball. No.
3: Right. And he's
0: the best by far, but he's not even close to being the most popular. Yeah, hey,
1: right. I think if you just showed people a picture of Mike Trout with no hat on, Yeah, they wouldn't know. They'd be like, is I, that I would him? say maybe 35%. Yeah.
3: yeah. I, and that's why I say name recognition, I would say about 70%. Yeah. You ask people who LeBron James is, everyone knows who oh, he yeah. is. Oh, yeah. yes. At least probably 95%. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, baseball will never be the marketing wizard that the other leagues are. They just won't. And because they don't like they're very strict about their video usage yeah. as well. You can't you can't just, like, willy-nilly with their content. They'll take it off the Internet. Like, it's ridiculous.
3: Yeah, but I just got one question quick. Um, yeah, yeah. You guys are more into the MLB free agency than I am by a lot. Do you think it's a foregone conclusion that Cole goes to either the Angels or the Yankees, or are these mystery teams legit? Um,
1: I think they're legit. I mean, I— uh, I always thought it was going to be the Dodgers. I, I thought it was going to be Dodgers or Angels, honestly. I thought he was going to go home to California. That's kind of what it seemed like. Um, but I mean, the Yankees pushing that hard, if they really want him and they go way above and beyond everybody else, which I could definitely see them doing, I could see them pushing 320, then I don't know if he can really just turn
3: that down.
0: If the, Yeah, if they do what the Red Sox basically did with Price, which from what I remember was offering –
3: Price was literally on the plane. I think he was getting ready to go to the airport to fly to St. Louis. Yeah, and
0: they offered him like what fifteen, twenty million more yeah. total or, or something. So maybe the Yankees will have to do that. And if you're the Yankees, you can do that. Like they they can and easily for, write that for check. that
4: for that reason right there. I I don't I and they even need it without that. I don't buy the mystery teams. I I just if you're gonna call yourself a mystery team then I don't consider you even a contender, like if you're not even gonna expose like who you are. Like it's 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 to me it's Yankees and Angels. I don't think it's even I don't even think there's anybody else close regardless of what the reports say.
1: I I just think that he's a Boris guy. And it's all gonna come down to money, so I could anybody who has the money I could see them being a mystery team and just hop in and throw a massive offer. (laughs) Jeez. That's the only reason I buy it
0: is just because he's a Boris guy.
1: Yeah.
3: No hard cap in the MLB. So. Yeah.
0: yeah, true. But Which is also why I think the, if, if you're the Yankees, you need it. Uh, no more CC, not that he had much left, but y- you know your rotation needs it. Your bullpen, uh, in my opinion, deserves it, deserves a respectable rotation, and the lineup too. You know, If they can solidify that rotation, they're that much more scarier. And just with the amount training. of
1: that their fans have been clamoring for Cole this offseason and freaking out about him, yeah, I don't think Cashman can afford to not deliver again. on, on a Yeah, big
0: guy. they they will they'll, they'll be mad.
1: I mean, they were they, pissed, they were D-D. pissed last. Yeah, mean, they, they they just lost Didi. He just signed with the Phillies. I just they, I just saw that. But breaking moves. I mean, that's not really that big. They still got Torres D-D. and LeMahieu, and yeah, that's not that big of a deal. DD, I, I thought DD was way overrated for a long time. So I don't yeah. know what you thought about that, Nick.
3: His home road splits were ridiculous. I yeah, when you right? got a 280 foot. Yeah, it's porch. a line drive yeah. that's going to get caught at every. <laughs> although, I will say, Philly's got a short portion right, too, but that helps them. but... Yeah,
1: they got, but they got the. The little wall there. Yeah, a little wall.
3: It's still pretty short, relatively speaking. But I know what you're saying.
1: Yeah, it's true. But the Phillies sign, also signed Zach Wheeler, too. Uh, they're gonna be good. Mets four for 118. Gonna be really good. Brody Van Wagen of the Mets just was like, "Yeah, I don't think he's worth that." <laughs> so they just didn't didn't make an offer. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, and it'll be interesting where coming up against it. But uh, Red Sox, they have some really interesting decisions to make. Um, are they gonna trade? There's been some talks. They're gonna trade David Price, Chris Sale. But no one wants his contract. I can't blame them. It's the worst, one of the worst contracts in sports.
1: Only one worse is David Price's.
3: Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Chris Shell's is worse. I don't think so. But <laughs> that's, an argument for, that's an argument we've had before <laughs> and we'll certainly have again. But I noticed there they, they was some article that came out that they need to attach like an Andrew Benintendi to those contracts yeah. to Probably move them and stuff like that. I don't know if they're going to do that. And as I mentioned to you guys during the break, Nick I don't know if you agree with me or not but in my opinion every day that passes without Mookie Betts being traded to me strengthens the case that Mookie Betts is going to be in right field on opening day for the I'll, Red Sox also, I don't I'll, know how you feel about hold on, real quick. I actually agree
0: I'll say this too the Red Sox tweeted out their uh, promotional giveaways for May and Mookie's involved for what it's worth they could easily change that I know but for what it's worth they're promoting him to be on the team next year yeah, already I think
4: it's you got to be careful with that kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: I'm just saying, for yeah. what it's worth. No, I,
4: know, I know you're just saying. You know, I know the facts are all going to be out there, but at the same time, we got to, you know, a lot. A lot of times in sports, we we overthink little details as if they're supposed to be some hint in a mystery at what's going to happen. And that's that's the times. I mean, really that's all
3: we got right, right now. That's that's, that's, that's fun. fun. How often do you see those stupid things? Like, how often has the stupid. Oh, he followed this person on Instagram and hey, he unfollowed yeah. this team. I There's, like, a report like that every single week, it seems like. I emoji tweet. <laughs> but just to your
1: point, Jonathan, about them having to attach Ben and Tendi, with the season he had last year, I don't know how much... I, I know he's got a lot of seasons of control still going, but I don't know how much value he's, like... Attributed right now.
3: Yeah, he was definitely a disappointment last season. Yeah, he's yeah, he not as
4: good as he was. Devers having... had a,
0: a down year too. Uh, the year prior to last. Well, Devers, that's because Devers was so.
3: Devers, Devers has been ascending. I Benintendi kind of ascended, and now he's kind of plateaued or. Devers even did
0: plateau for a little, a little, bit though. But
3: he's so young, Dan. But so b- Benintendi's pretty, pretty young, too. young too. I know, but like, I, I, there's a difference though. In my, <sighs> like, I think there's a difference. Well, it's well, just because Devers much. is more electric. But what Devers, know. what Devers showed last year, Ben Benintendi has never shown. Right, twenty percent. That's, that's
4: of the that. main. That's the main difference. There's a difference of potential between the two. You can see a bigger potential with Devers than you can with Ben I mean, Devers right. is a and intent- maybe it is from exposure, you know. Yeah, Devers, Devers is a, is friend, a
3: potential yeah. like all-star oh, yeah. franchise, yeah. franchise player. Horse. Benintendi ceiling is probably a solid rotational number six hitter.
1: I see JD Drew. Benintendi. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: So. Uh, an occasional, maybe one Comparable. or two time All Star in his in his career, and he's going to play a solid defense and hit some home runs occasionally.
3: Yeah, reminds me of like a Trott Nixon.
1: All right, th- those are the same player. Yeah, okay.
3: pretty
0: much. JD's <laughs> and Trot Nixon, same player. <laughs> well, with that, um, I think we got to cap things off. I got to cap it off with my feel good story, real quick.
3: Uh, but before you start, yeah, it's my yeah. yeah, yeah. We didn't yeah. mention him today. Zach's probably happy. Go Celtics. Three All Stars, yes. Kemba, uh, sh- no, Tatum, no, stop. Brown, stop. Three All Stars. Three All Stars. So wrong. Go. Huge get week out. this week. Mute him. Mute him. Indiana tomorrow. <laughs> Mute him. Okay, okay. okay. Him. I, I, I need Mute to get is on Mike. with Mute this. Mute
0: is I need to get on with this. Okay. My um, feel good story of the week. It's my turn now. We've been doing these the past few weeks. Zach started off. Great segment to end the show. I have. Uh, it's a fantasy feel good story. Um, over this past weekend, uh, in our league, our fantasy playoffs started. And Christian Mingle, which is uh, Zach's team, went up against uh, Jonathan's team, Tank and Lives Matters. And Zach was down big towards the end. He needed a lot of things to go his way, albeit uh, he also needed Alshon Jeffrey to – Tear his leg off. He needed a lot to happen for him. He needed Jonathan's this defense. This
3: is feel-good story. <laughs> he oh, needed Jonathan's defense
0: to, to absolutely oh, tank. Me. The Jags D got minus eight, and Zach's team moved on to win. He moves on to the semifinals, an unbelievable feat. Wow. You love to see it. It's the feel-good story of the week on Mountain oh, yeah. Off Sports.
3: <laughs> Bro, presented that, to I'm you by WBIM.
0: <laughs> FM. Thank you all for listening. (laughs) We will be back next week. Have a safe week, and we love you.